welcome to the Propel Podcast. My name is Max Rasmussen, and I will be covering kids in sport and exercise. I have my Master's of Science in Exercise Physiology, and with this background, one area that we focused on was the physiological development throughout a lifetime. Uh, so that would be looking at young children into adolescence and all the way into adulthood. What I want to talk about today specifically is certain concepts at a young age that help you as a parent understand your child as they participate in sport and how you can utilize exercise in different ways to help their long-term um, physiological and cognitive development. Uh, these two go hand in hand very heavily uh, and you can significantly impact their overall development as they age and grow uh, by understanding some of these concepts and being able to apply them in a very simple, easy way. So where I want to start is with as an adult, a, a fully formed physiological system. Um, what we see in adults is that we have three energy systems. Uh, so a short, a medium, and a long. The short system is going to be refer referred to as the PCR system uh, in short. And that refers to very explosive, uh, only 30 to 45 seconds in length type of movements. Um, a 100 meter sprint is going to be something where the energy cycle that uh, supplies the body with energy is going to be uh, the PCR system for a very fast explosive movement like that. Uh, the next energy system that we're going to see, which is one of the more common ones in uh, sports, is going to be the uh, the the muscle glycogen. So our muscles store energy within them that allow it to be utilized on a consistent basis. And uh, this is going to be a more intermediate length of time. Um, your body burns through this. Uh, it's a mixture of the explosive along with a little bit of endurance. So you can't produce as much power, but you can go a lot longer, but not as long as your endurance based energy system. And that's going to be the long one. So the third one is going to be your um, your aerobic based energy cycle, which is going to be more of your marathon runners or your cross country runners or your long distance swimmers or triathletes. Uh, they rely heavily on that third very long term energy cycle. In children, they do not have a fully formed physiological system. So they do not get to utilize these three different energy systems on a consistent basis. Um, their body is not very efficient. It's not fully developed. They don't have large muscles. Their muscle fiber types are not very diversified either. Um, an adult muscle is made up of several different types of fibers that help with efficiency in those different um, energy cycles. So some muscle fibers are gonna be very explosive and strong and powerful. And some of them are going to be what's called oxidative, which allows them to process oxygen and fat. And those are relied heavily for the endurance muscles or for the endurance activities. Children do not have the ability to transition very easily between these systems. Um, and, and it's mainly due to the fact that their body is still developing and trying to diversify and understand the uh, physiological needs of um, what this individual does on a consistent basis. Um, and the way that your body learns these things is through consistent and, and intentional activity. Um, I use the word intentional because that is going to allude to the nervous system um, developing and collecting information to then tell the body what, how it needs to adapt, needs to adapt 
to the um, environment and the movements and the structure that the uh, the child is going through. So they, they as in children, um, they lack certain aspects of this physiological development. Um, think about how a very young child has relatively short arms, short legs, um, and their torso is fairly long. Um, you know, if you think about a young child, their head is much larger than in relativity than an adult's is compared to their body. Um, these are obvious differences that help you realize, you know, a child's muscles are not going to be able to store a large amount of muscle glycogen. Um, you know, they're not going to be able to fully um, execute highly explosive movements because they just don't have the tools necessary to do these. So with all that being said, children, especially young children that are prepubescent, they're mainly only built for endurance-based um, activities. Their aerobic system um, is, is going to be their best energy system. That doesn't mean that it's going to be as good as an adult's, but it is going to be their most efficient energy system. So there's a reason why children really can't produce a lot of power. Um, often when I, when I spoke with athletic trainers in, in college, um, when they had to work young children events, you know, and the, and the child goes down and they're hurting and they're crying and, and, you know, they're obviously very upset. Very, very, very high percentage of the time that child is purely just scared. And the reason behind that stuff happened, the reason why they say this is because um, the children just can't generate enough force um, a very vast majority of the time to even cause a serious injury. Um, but that being said, you need to be uh, cognizant of the fact that children are developing and that they do need to be structured when it comes to how they play sports and how they practice and what they do from an exercise standpoint. The purpose of being intentional and having that structure when it comes to sport and exercise is that you're laying the foundational framework for this child to um, physiologically adapt and build in complexity. So a small example would be um, when children are learning how to write or, or even when you were learning how to write, um, you had to put all of your concentration into understanding what the movement was to shape that A um, and then to form the other letters around that A to create the entire word. Fast forward as you go through schooling and you continue to build on your ability to automatically write letters and words in their entirety and to listen to teachers as they're lecturing at the same time and be able to write side notes at the same time while a teacher is talking and saying different words, the complexity of how you take notes builds over time. And it's a practice that is often preached in school as far as note taking, that complexity is built from that original foundational skill that you developed where you were just learning how to make your hand write the letter A to now you can write full sentences and side notes while taking in information from an individual that is lecturing or speaking to you. Um, 
this same concept can be applied from an exercise and sports standpoint. Children at young ages need to have very intentional um, practice when it comes to how they do things. They need to have fun for sure. Um, but if your goal is to help better the child in a fun and engaging way, you need to have a intentional way of engaging them with exercise and skill-based development. Um, when I say skill-based development, I'm talking about things where, you know, maybe one week you focus on kicking a football or a soccer ball and you switch between different types of balls. So the kicking motion is going to be very similar and it's going to be the same aspect of things, but the change in ball changes the type of reaction that the kick causes. So this is going to be something that can build on the neurological motor development aspect of things because the motion is the same. So the child can work on this singular technique, but the complexity is brought in by changing the ball that reacts differently to how it's hit. And so these are small things that you can do that you can implement. Uh, the same idea would be with like racket-based sports. You can take a lacrosse stick, you can take a field hockey stick, you can take a tennis racket, and you can take a regular hockey stick. They all essentially hit a projectile, but they all do things in a different way. So the movement is going to be somewhat similar across the board, but the skill or I should say the foundational skill is somewhat similar, but it has to be applied in multiple different ways. So when you are exposing your child to things like this, you are building that motor development that allows their body to understand, oh, okay, there's a connection between, I was really good at hitting that tennis ball with this tennis racket. Can I make a connection between the tennis racket and the baseball? When I swing a baseball bat, what are the similarities there? Is that a similar movement and motion? Um, same thing with a lacrosse stick. Okay, the feel is different. The ball is in a basket that I have to manipulate. But the motion of flicking that lacrosse stick is, gonna, is not going to be a very far reach from a lot of the other hand-based uh, hand tools that you use in sports. So these are going to be little things where Letting your kid learn how to do these different techniques is going to significantly improve their chances of being successful at stuff like that in the future. And that expands outside of physiological development because if their body has the ability to adapt quickly to these different types of um, implements or tools, that means that they are going to be able to adapt in other areas of cognition, um, whether it's listening or reading, um, being able to visualize different things and, and take in information at the same time. We see that a lot as children develop and especially as they get better and better at athletics into that high school and college age. The motor movement has to be autonomous while their ability to process the information around them and react to what's going on. So their body knows how to react without the individual trying to tell it what to do. Um, often the amount of time to execute these things is too small. So the reason why you want to have this intentional practice and build on these techniques is because 
one I've already touched on the um, noter, the, the noter, the motor or neuronal development. So the um, the nervous system is getting a understanding of how to adapt and quickly learn these new techniques. The other thing that's almost more advantageous is that you are building your child's ability to develop at a better pace. Let me explain that in a better way. You are setting a foundation for your child's development to uh, stave off injuries, um, to have thicker bone density, to reduce the risk of injury in the future um, by intentionally focusing on exercise and sport, you can significantly impact your child's ability to adapt and overcome difficult and complex situations in the future. And that would be the biggest benefit from these intentional techniques. Propel is a fully customized software platform that allows organizations of all sizes to run a comprehensive global well-being program for their employees and families. Propel is built to create long-term behavior change by infusing an organization's distinctive culture into a well-being program that reflects its unique needs. Propel allows you to run an unlimited number of well-being challenges, automate a health incentive program, deliver curated content, integrate organizational initiatives, and more. With Propel, you have the flexibility to meet your employees where they are, and help them develop healthy habits that stick. To see all of the ways you can use Propel to engage your employees, schedule a 30-minute demo with our team by emailing sales at propelwellness.com or visit our website at propelwellness.com. So all of this information that I've been talking about is going to be applied from a um, guideline standpoint. And that guideline from the CDC and a lot of other um, physical activity-based organizations like ACSM or NASM and anything like that, it looks at 60 minutes of intentional physical activity or play for young children that are prepubescent especially. Um, The reason why this 60 minutes of intentional physical activity is recommended is for uh, certain aspects that I've already mentioned. So things like bone density, strength development, uh, motor neuron development, and skill-based development. All of these aspects at a young age with that 60 minutes of intentional play per day are going to actually expand on the individual's overall ability to develop skills and techniques in the future. So they're going to reduce chance of injury. They're going to be able to take on more complex techniques and skills. They're going to have a higher strength potential and their um, motor neuron development is going to be more efficient uh, than the uh, neuroplasticity, I should say, is going to be heightened because they've, their body has created these autonomous um, circuits that allow them to quickly adapt and understand how to face new challenges. Um, that is going to be the number one reason why exercise and sport is so important for children at a very young age, um, especially with intentional structure behind it. I have 
consistently spoken about structure and the intentional aspect of things. And that is because in exercise physiology, we define exercise as a intentional movement. It has a plan. There is a structure to what you are trying to accomplish. That is what defines exercise. So even though a child goes out and runs around and they and they chase the butterfly or, you know, they are just physically active. That is great. But the way to really get the largest amount of benefit is through these thought provoking intentional movements, um, hence exercise. Um, I've to- I've spoken a lot about sports so far. Um, I want to transition a little bit more into the exercise realm. Um, a lot of people may be worried or may think that, um, a child in the weight room or a child specifically exercising through strength conditioning is bad. Um, Some people might hear that it will stunt growth or it will uh, cause injury or harm. Um, I'm here to say that through my expertise, as well as a lot of the research, as long as there is someone there that is fully trained and understands what they're doing and can give proper instruction, and they know how to work with a young population, your child is in zero danger. And the reason why I say that is because that individual, that instructor is gonna know, you cannot focus on moving a lot of weight or trying to bench more and more weight each week. Um, What that individual is gonna do is they are going to put a PVC pipe in your child's hands, and they're going to focus on How are the elbows supposed to move throughout the movement? How are they supposed to execute a push-up? What is the best way to jump and land? How should your knee move over your toes? Or when you're running, what is the best running biomechanics? These are all very specific and structured things when it comes to exercise. It is still considered resistance training. It is still considered um, weightlifting in a lot of ways or strength conditioning. And that is great because your child is going to learn how to develop these motor neurons that allow them to, that allows their body to learn how to build strength, um, build those skills that um, you might see other children are lacking in. Um, A good example, for instance, is uh, if you ever notice how clumsy a child is as they run, right? Arms are all over the place. Knees are generally all over the place. They look like they could fall over at any moment. Through exercise, through resistance training and strength conditioning, plyometrics, you can see a clear difference between a child that has been instructed and taught how to do these things. It'll be a uh, significant difference in movement pattern. Um, Their efficiency will be way better. And you will probably see that that one individual that has spent intentional time working on these things um, significantly better at, you know, whatever sport they're using. They're probably going to run faster. They're probably going to um, be better at a specific sport because they can run or they can or they have the correct biomechanics. So some ways to apply these concepts um, as a parent is one, avoid putting uh, large amounts of weight relative to the child's body. So if you're working with, you know, a five, six, seven, eight year old, there's really no reason for them to be lifting 
you know, weight that is relatively heavy for their body. You know, five, 10 pounds is going to make a massive in, uh, difference. Um, and it, you don't need to worry about going up in weight. They don't need to do 15, 20 pounds. What they need to do is they need to learn how to move that weight in a very structured and intentional way. And you can build on that complexity in different ways. Um, as you get into a you know more developed age, maybe that 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old, yes, you can add weight. That's relative for the individual. Um, yes, they will gain strength a little bit more um, than they were when they were younger. But the emphasis still has to be on the technique and it has to be on the movement. Um, a lot of strength conditioning coaches will really focus on how to efficiently move through the repetition. Um, and the, but the overall structure of the workout will be focused on something like, uh, you know, speed development, or maybe these are plyometrics. So they're trying to build on the explosivity. The goal of the workout or the structure of the workout program might have that overall explosive or speed based um, focus. But each exercise and each rep needs to be intentional in technique and in skill development. That is where the long-term um, affinity for better skill acquisition and better reactivity and, and the ability to adapt to more and more complex situations comes from. And it's because at this young age, they were able to specifically focus and learn how to adapt to these changing uh, conditions. Now, some of these recommendations that I'm going to talk about are going to be focused on how to structure this within for your child. Um, one of the big things that I'm going to recommend is uh, two to three days per week, not consecutive. So whether that's Monday, Tuesday, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, um, any anywhere, anything, any structure like that is going to be perfect for the child, especially when they're early on, because they are not going to be good at really any of these uh, movements uh, or, or uh, exercises or sport. What they need is they need, you know, time to focus and think about these things, and then they need to step away and come back to it and revisit it. And they're going to develop those, those motor neuron, um, those motor neuron pathways that allow them to get better and better and more efficient at these skills and techniques. As you go through the process, change things up. So from a week to week basis, focus on different aspects of different exercises. So you can split it up to where you look at dexterity and coordination of the lower body one week. The next week you can focus on hand-eye coordination or upper body mobility and uh, its movements. Uh, and then another week you can do a full body. Um, one, it keeps the child interested because they are able to change things up a little bit. It's not the same thing over and over. Um, it's it's um, cognizant of or I should say it's reminiscent of how we see kids play a bunch of different sports um, growing up. Uh, you can take that same approach and apply it to exercise. So you can focus on resistance training based exercise. Then you can focus on plyometrics. Then you can focus on range of motion. Then you can focus on um, you know skill acquisition or um, compound motor movements and stuff like that. If you continue to change it up, you're going to build on that neuroplasticity that I was referring to earlier, and your child is going to be able to work with more and more complex movements and um, assess what's going on around them better. 
So you're going to be able to, you know, while the child's running, you're going to be able to, um, you know, ask them a question or have them um, identify colors on a, you know, uh, on cards or something like that. Um, think of those uh, YouTube videos you see of an athlete running and then they have to catch a tennis ball at the same time while they're doing high knees in a pool. Um, these are somewhat ridiculous examples of what I'm talking about, but that it nonetheless is an example of the complexity that you can build on and move towards. So as your child is learning how to ice skate, um, the structure there and the biomechanics has to be very sound, but then you have them stick handle at the same time. Another example would be, um, you know, a child is running backwards up a treadmill or they're running, they're trotting backwards on a treadmill and you're having them bounce a tennis ball back to you off of a tennis racket while they're moving backwards. Um, these are going to be two things where they have to have spatial awareness. Their lower body has to stay consistent and coordinated while their upper body is doing a completely different task. Um, these are the complex movements that you see um, individuals who really develop well and can build on their complexity in the long run. They are efficient at stuff like this. So the last thing that I want to focus on is I want to focus on how this overall physiological approach is going to, in the long term, help your child process things on a cognitive level better. Um, research has significantly shown that physical activity itself has a massive impact on memory development, um, things like executive function and fluid intelligence. That's because uh, these young individuals, as they go through this physical activity and they learn how to control their body and they create that mind-body connection, they can make their right hand do something different at the same time as their left hand. They can have a conversation with you while they're uh, shuffling a deck of cards very efficiently. Um, they, they have this high-level executive function. That translates on a cognitive level with their ability to process information as it comes in. We look at professional athletes. We look at people who are elite at um, overall physical feats. Um, that can be a cyclist in the Tour de France who can eat and change out water bottles at the same time, or they can ride their bike without any hands. Um, these are high level executive functions that you have to learn how to develop over time. Um, these are going to be things that translate to your mind's ability to separate out its muscle movement and its, its body movements from the information that you're gathering and processing. And that's because your, your body and brain are better at creating those neuronal pathways. So look at ways to take a simple technique and slowly add more and more complex things. So at the beginning of this, I spoke about how you can easily teach your kid how to kick. So start with kicking a soccer ball. Now start adding in, they kick a soccer ball and then they kick a football and then you transition into the next. Now, as they get better at that, now have them aim for something. I want you to aim solely into the top right corner of the soccer net. Okay, perfect. I want you to bounce the ball off of my, I want you to bounce the ball off of this piece of wood as like a self pass and kick it. These are gonna be ways of building on those specific neural pathways. 
They have to process information. They have to look at how things are reacting. They have to be able to utilize that information in, in an efficient way. The last thing that I will touch on, though, is try your hardest to let your kid work at their own pace. Children are sometimes going to be really bad when it comes at learning these new things, and other times they're going to be really good at learning others. You don't know where your child falls yet, and your child might not be great when it comes to physical activity, but they are 100% going to get better as you work with them in practice. Um, the big thing that I want parents to take home is your child needs to be monitored from a fatigue standpoint. And this is going to be looking like they're mentally seem fuzzy. They are distracted when it comes to their typical day-to-day -day stuff. They are sleeping more um, or they just overall their demeanor seems fatigued. This may be an indication that their exercise or their sport is not structured properly and you need to scale that back and you need to take a new approach to how you're doing things. Um, I strongly encourage that you as a parent take a step back sometimes and look at how things are going and are you approaching these things in a way where your child is enjoying it and they're getting better at whatever you're trying to teach them. Overall, um, I hope this was a very helpful podcast and uh, I want to thank you for listening. Um, from everyone here at Propel, be well.